0: Welcome to the House of Strauss. Yeah, go for it. Stars hang with stars, winners hang with winners. Welcome to the House of Strauss. I think my voice cracked because I'm so excited to have Ryan Glasspiegel here at a time of peak interest for both of us uh, in our niche of sports media. We have the big battle going on between ESPN versus Charter. Do we call them Charter Communications? Do we call them Charter Spectrum? Do we call them Spectrum? It doesn't matter. They're the second biggest uh, cable TV provider in the United States, and they have gone Dark on the ESPN channels currently in this big standoff that will determine the future of sports television in America. Ryan, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Um, it is. Uh, it this is a wild one, and I actually I have saved a take for this that maybe mm. that we're definitely going to get to, but um, I changed my mind a little bit. So I thought that Charter was going to dig in their heels and do this forever and just kind of break Disney for sport out of like some type of revenge for the fact that it was like their rising prices that made the that contributed more than anything else to the cable bundle being unaffordable. And the fact that like Disney is just trying to build its own bundle to you know, go over the top and take away charters and Comcasts and et cetera's customers later. So Charter's like, well, if you're going to do this in two years, like, mm. s- wh- why do we just do it now? And yeah. so basically Charter has regional monopolies on cable wiring into homes. And so all... Well, of, like, well, well,
0: a- one, one, one second, one second. One second. Let's set the stage a little bit. I did a little stage setting. Let's get a little bit of expository for the people who are not as immersed as we are.
1: Apologies okay. on the interruption. Um. So basically, ESPN gets about $10 a month from the cable bundle, whether the subscribers are ESPN viewers or not. Disney in total, which includes all the ESPN channels, you know, SEC Network, ACC Network, plus FX, Freeform, and National Geographic, and ABC, they probably get somewhere in the vicinity of $20 a month per customer. Charter has about 15 million cable customers. This means that for every month, Disney is dark on Charter, they lose about $300 million of revenue, and that adds up to $3.6 billion per year. Mm -hmm. Um, so charter has a lot of leverage here because, um, as I was starting to say, they own the cable wires into your home for internet. And that's a really high margin business because to, to build that, you have to do a lot of digging and capital investments. And it's not something that someone could just a tech company could just come in overnight and disrupt. Um, you, you need cable internet, um, if you're going to like work from home or if you're going to stream video from home and yeah. so the, like the that's all those costs are all basically like over and it's a high margin business for internet but video is a lower margin business because they're paying you know the ESPN's and Disney's of the world X and then charging X plus Y to the customer. But they're not making nearly as high profits on video as they are from internet. And mm. so, you know, Disney was in 100 million cable homes a decade ago. Now they're in 70 million. Charter holds a fifth of those. And a week ago, they went dark. And what Charter says they want is they saying they want Disney to make dark,
0: dark on the Disney channels, uh, to be specific?
1: Yeah, dark on ESPN, um, like at the, for the beginning of football season, then um, yeah. ABC and you know Freeform and National Geographic, which I don't know. Maybe some people really nope. miss some, but I'm not so sure. And yeah. so um, Charter wants Disney to make Disney Plus and Hulu available to charter customers for free. They're like, yeah. we'll pay your $1. fifty a month increase per month for the Disney cable channels, but you got to give us this stuff too. And Disney charges $7 a month for each of those for the ad-supported versions. And so I'm sure there's a lot of overlap of people, like my household, for example, is a comcast customer and a disney plus customer so Mm. disney is getting paid twice from us and if they're going to do this for charter they would have to do this for direct tv dish comcast etc and it's going to kill the model of anybody paying them twice and so they're like you're saying you value these channels but then you're offering us nothing for them um so Charter is already saying they're planning on eventually exiting this, uh, TV business. And so it's kind of like a matter of when. And they've made really like strong demands at Disney. And you would think that like maybe they're just going to stick to this and kill Disney for sport. But you go and then I'll go for the reason why I think it's actually going to end soon.
0: Well, I also want you to outline a character in this whole negotiation. Uh, John Malone, an angrier and older man than Bob Iger, who is running charter and has the capacity to do what he wants in this fight. And one of the reasons why you suspected that he might kill Disney for sport is just out of his particular personality and orneriness, which I think is an interesting angle to the entire thing. Let's look at how beleaguered in the background Disney ESPN is. Um, If you were to have bought Disney stock in 2014, nine years ago, I'm not choosing a particular date. I'm just speaking generally. Nine years ago, Disney stock, let's say you bought $1,000 worth of it. How much money would you have made, Ryan?
1: Zero to negative. Yes, well, you yes, would have made would've, you would have you would have made their dividend, which is I don't know, like three or four percent, but then that gets taxed at your <laughs> income level, and yep. uh, um, and it gets eaten up by inflation. So, I mean, you would have yeah. been you would have been better off spending the money on like a Taylor Swift concert because now it costs way more to see her.
0: Well, that's that's a good way to put it. And what I am generally saying here is this is one of the big blue chip stocks. There isn't the expectation that you invest in this company for around a decade and make no money. They have been getting crushed, especially of late. There is a lot of volatility recently in the pandemic era where they crash and then the government starts printing money and then the stock market goes crazy and they're up around 191. And now last I checked, they were 81 before the day of recording. I'm not sure how today is going for them so far uh, in the market, but their situation financially has been quite dire of late. They did all this investment in streaming and Wall Street wanted everybody to win the streaming wars. They spent a lot of money towards that end, stopped making money off of it. Some of the products that they could rely on to print money for them have just worn thin with the public. You can't just keep rerunning the same content and live actioning everything and marveling everything. Eventually you need to create something new. And they have not been able to do that for a host of reasons, some cultural. And I feel like you and I are some of the few people who admit to the cultural aspect of their failure. Um, so now it's yeah, time they they're, cut they're a,
1: wounded, they're a wounded animal right now. They're a wounded animal. It's fair animal. to say. ESPN uh, is wounded –
0: I'm just going to add one thing, one little nugget to the weird wounding of ESPN. They signed some contract where they would have to pay money when new teams joined – uh, let's say the ACC. So you've got this realignment happen, and boom, out of nowhere, not only are they losing the three hundred million dollars a month you're talking about, they just got charged seventy two million uh to introduce these new college programs to the ACC, including my Cal Bears, <laughs> who I assure you have no. Are not worth it. That's not a good contract. So they signed this deal with Penn Gaming, and it's, oh man, we got some money in the coffers. Thank goodness. And then whap, whap, whap. They're just bleeding right now, Ryan. So that's, that's the it, Yeah, stage I mean, it's not funny. Setting. We have a
1: lot of friends who work there, and I feel bad for them. And it's also, there's like something sad about seeing the company that was like the bellwether of our business for so long, which, you know, you worked for and I grew up dying to work for, um, just, you know, having these troubles. But some of it is like, yeah, some of it is just the world changed around them where, um, Non-sports fans don't need the cable bundle and all of their scripted entertainment programming moved to Netflix and other places that you can um, get outside of the traditional cable and satellite channels. And then part of it was that they chose sides in the culture war and this like the other side is really gone after Disney and to a lesser extent, ESPN, ESPN controls the games that they love. But, you know, Disney films and parks are suffering because red America has said, like you chose a side against us. So Mm. we're not going to give you our entertainment money. Like entertainment money is, um, you know, fungible and we're going to use it for something else. And it's not gonna be Disney and it's not gonna be Bud Light. And so, like the the there is some like there's a group of people who won't give this, like, you know, the deplorables their power where it's like, no, yeah, these people are so heinous and so racist that they hate everything different from them, but they would not (laughs) withhold their money from a business they don't like. (laughs)
0: it's an amazing double think and it's just related again to not wanting your enemy to have any power because it doesn't hold together it doesn't hold together that these people are so reflexively angry but that they would never they're so angry but they don't have the courage of their convictions it would never influence their attachment to a brand or spending habits it would never influence somebody they would would not
1: go to Vegas (laughs) instead of Disney World
0: (laughs) it's 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 an amazing double thing. Now, I think the parks, I guess, I think their revenue is doing okay, but a lot of that is Shanghai. I'm not an expert in how the parks are doing, but, you know, brand attachment is a thing. Uh, once you feel differently about a brand, uh, you're less likely to spend money on it. That's why advertising is what it is. Parents like ourselves, Ryan, are just going to fork over the money for Disney+, Plus, but, you know, maybe some other people, maybe some other people feel different about it all. Um, But obviously, we admit to all of the factors. I, I see what's happening to ESPN as mostly structural as opposed to ideological. But the ideological, I mean, when you're suffering, when you're bleeding, you need everything to go your way when you're trying to forge this new path beyond the crisis. And I think that they have been hurt by whittling that connection between themselves and a lot of their customers, often needlessly, and so that's part that's part of the story as well. Currently, it just it just has to be. It's everything on all these different fronts, and it's just an amazing standoff. Because as you're saying, it's interesting. It, it's harder to have the leverage in a dispute the way Disney is trying to have over Charter when you're obviously trying to build the mechanism. To not need Charter anymore, and so a lot of what's happened is Charter going. Well, you've got plans to cut us out in the future, so I don't really know why we're supposed to just sit around here and keep paying you and funding your your effort to do that. It's time to rebundle, right? It's time to make all of your Hulu stuff, all this other stuff you have on the streaming. Yep, rebundle it into your cable package, and then we've got a deal. But if you're going to try to sell the competing product out of the back of your truck uh, to the product that you're having us hawk, then I don't think this really works for us. And thus the standoff.
1: Yeah. And so I initially thought this would go on indefinitely because Charter is run by a guy named John Malone. I mean, he's not the CEO, but he's the biggest shareholder and he's the one deciding these things for all intents and purposes. Uh, So Malone, for people who don't know, was like an early pioneer in creating the bundle. He made the TCI bundle when Ethan and I were kids, or before even that, and into when we were kids, and it eventually sold to AT&T, and he's wound up in a roundabout way like After selling now, again, accumulating the second biggest distributor in the country of these um, cable TV and Internet wires. Uh, And so this is a guy who is very principled. He's in total control. Nobody can, who like, shareholders can't stage a coup against him and make him stop, like, or whatever. He can do whatever he thinks is best for whatever period of time he wants. And I thought this was going to be a similar situation where Charlie Ergen at Dish Network, who's another guy like that, basically just killed the regional sports network model a few years ago by dropping them and never bringing them back. And so... I thought that this is what kind of Malone was going to do and that Disney was in huge trouble because they're not going to replace even like half of the customers that they lose by people who sign up for, I don't know, like Fubo or YouTube TV or DirecTV Stream or Sling or whatever. But then it dawned on me that in Malone's other interests, he needs this cable bundle to exist for the next several years, because he's also a major shareholder in WBD Warner Brothers Discovery, and their yeah. whole business model was to cut costs for the last couple years in exchange for having just enormous free cash flow for the next several years, basically off like eat the, the the cable bundles declining, but CNN, TNT, TBS, uh you know discovery channel hgtv a uh, few others food network they're going to reap the benefits of this like end of this bundle and just profit a ton before it all collapses so if the if the if he push if he takes charter out of the bundle now it costs his other interests and then uh, he also is in control of formula 1 And the Mm -hmm. Atlanta Braves through Liberty Media. Formula One's distribution deal in the US is through ESPN. The Braves on the margins need the cable bundle, although like 70% of their revenue is from the gate, which is kind of wild, but like yeah. I just I thought that Malone would kill Disney for sport until it dawned on me that he would be killing his interests in other companies and so now that's why I think he's going to like bend Disney over but not break them.
0: Well, killing for sport I think is still on the table because he is 82 years old right now. I mean, who knows what motivates him? What do you need <laughs> What do you need another billion for? What do you need uh, one of your interests to do better for? What's even the point? It, it comes down to what motivates him. And we've just got this uh, funny thing happening in the world of business where there are so many boomers at the top. And you might even say that John Malone is a silent generation at that age. Um, I'm not sure how you categorize it. Let me um, read the end of Ben Thompson's of the brilliant uh, tech newsletter Writer proprietor on uh, his recent article, The Rise and Fall of ESPN's Leverage, which really lays the groundwork of how this all came to be. But the final paragraph, I think, hits especially hard. And there's the acronym uh, MVPD. So, for those of you who do not know, that's for a Multi Channel Video Programming Distributor, uh, which is a term that's often used uh, because I'm about to read the paragraph that has that acronym. The biggest long-term question, though, has to be around sports itself. Sports leagues could extract ever higher rates... Ah, I can't even read right now when it's not my own writing. I'm not doing the narrations. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Sports leagues could extract ever higher rights fees from ESPN because ESPN could extract ever higher affiliate fees from cable TV providers. If the latter is broken, then the former is as well. Yes, The MVPDs like YouTube TV will still exist and be big winners, and Disney still plans an ESPN streaming service. All of those options, though, entail dramatically increased customer choice. Leagues like the NBA have shrugged off declining ratings with a certainty that they would, via cable TV subscribers, get paid regardless. But now the choice isn't just whether to click the remote, but whether to simply click cancel and watch something else better to rebundle sooner rather than later exclamation point so this is the next part of the conversation Ryan which is the sports leagues themselves in the end of all of uh, at the end of all of this because this is this question that people have a lot of my commenters people keep saying this almost seems like a ponzi scheme i don't understand how viewership can continue to crash and the massive amounts of money paid to these leagues can continue to rise at what point does the music stop? At what point does it reverse itself, or is this just going to happen in perpetuity? And some seventh man is going to get paid a hundred million a year uh, five years from now.
1: Yeah, I think we're. I mean, it comes at a very interesting time for the NBA. Their deal is up now. I would think that it affects them more than it would affect. You know, for example, the UFC, which um, has an ability to go direct to consumer and sell their pay-per-views to their biggest events. And they've got this core of diehards that buys them every month. And then on the margins, when there's a big event, it's going to go through the roof. And they're less, you know, dependent on affiliate fees to everybody than, for example, the NBA is. Uh, Yeah, I it's... I had someone smart predicting to me that the NBA is not going to double their rights fee. And remember, there was a CNBC story that predicted that they would triple it Wait, a couple of was years that, was ago. Was that smart
0: person, JK, my subscriber, who's been uh, <laughs> doing the big short on all of this, like Michael Burry? Was that who it was or was it somebody else? <laughs>
1: um, w- wasn't that JF, not JK? Oh, but, JF, uh, not JF.
0: I'm sorry. JF of Canada. I'm so sorry, JF. JF. Good no, memory, Ryan. Good job by you.
1: Yeah, it, w- it wasn't him. But um, the the two property, the, the other property that's going to force a reckoning that is up right now is the college football playoff. Like they mm. expand from four teams to 12 next year. And the first round of games still hasn't been sold. And I had multiple networks telling me that the prices that they were trying to charge for them are, quote, exorbitant. And so I think the college football playoff and the NBA are the two that are going to see it first. The NFL might just be so big and so important that they can figure this out for perpetuity. But everybody else, I think, should be at least a little bit concerned. And that was why it was weird where I saw... A a different CNBC story where ESPN went to the leagues and said, hey, can you come and partner up with us? And their response was, we don't see the decline of the bundle as our problem because Mm. tech companies like Amazon and Google and Apple are going to come in. We found another
0: sucker. We found another sucker. I mean, I'm sorry. I got to get this off my chest right here. It is possible, it's plausible that these tech companies, as I talk to people within the NBA, and they've just got this expectation that, hey, these tech companies want it all, and they're not going to stop till they get it all, Don Draper. Uh, And I look at it, I go, that might be true, but I don't know what the point is. I mean, how many subscriptions are you really driving to your service? How much is Apple TV? Let's say Apple TV has the regular season of the NBA. And the playoffs. I mean, just how much is that really worth to them versus what they'd have to pay to get it? How many people are going with Apple TV on the basis of that? I, I don't think the money works. I don't think it I don't think it adds up when you're talking about a product that people are watching in the I don't know uh seven figures, uh in pretty much any circumstance other than the NBA Finals, and a lot of that is you know, it's, it's on TV, it's on your cable bundle, it's on ABC. Uh, I just don't see the money adding up as this being the thing that the tech companies need to overpay to get, unless I guess one is making a play to be the one-stop shop for everything. But it just seems to be, I, I know it's pocket change to them. I know it's pocket change to Amazon. I know it's pocket change to Apple. It just doesn't make sense to me, Ryan, or am I crazy?
1: No, I agree with you. Like, You know, there's a reason when they um when Apple puts out all these press releases about how many subscribers are watching Messi, they don't use the word pay subscribers. It's like a bunch of people sign up for these free trials and then cancel them. Otherwise, they would use the word paid. And so I you know like Amazon Prime it used to be like what 50 bucks a year and now it's like 180. at some point people are gonna say I don't want to pay for Amazon Prime anymore just like they're saying that with the cable company they can't just raise the prices indefinitely and expect it not to like affect people's decisions and so like what type of price hike could they build in? if they got a big NBA package that wouldn't alienate all of these like non sports fans, by the way, like I'm not ordering nearly as much stuff from Amazon as I used to. I feel like, I don't know Mm. if that's like a me thing or whatever, but like, I don't think I probably order like eight things a year. And so the, the shipping thing becomes less of an enticement as this cost keeps rising, but yeah, I need it for Thursday night football. And so Mm. the, I need it because I'm a diehard sports fan, but that's what the bottom line is, is that diehard sports fans are going to get soaked for all of the stuff that we're going to have to buy even more so than what's already happening, because everything we're buying, the prices of them are going to keep going up. And I don't think the math works the same for the sports leagues and thus the owners and the players if non-sports fans aren't subsidizing the affiliate fees as they've been doing for the last 30 years in this bundle.
0: Yes, and that's why I have an eye towards the NBA because I used to cover the NBA and to a certain extent still do. I just look at that as that's an inventory sport. You know, If you're an inventory sport, if you're an MBA or an MLB, I think the cable bundle, that's the reality that really helps you because you benefit from these channels needing to fill inventory with product that customers like, but that doesn't mean it's product that customers are going to crawl over broken glass to get. And it's just good to be in that spot during that particular era. And the NBA saw its fortunes rise. MLB lost a ton of fans, but probably makes more money off of TV than it did in the past. And I think we might be exiting the inventory era. I mean, how much does John Malone give a shit about the NBA? This whole dispute seems like it's over college football in the NFL. Uh, I don't think he cares. I don't think they care. And so I mean, it's just if they could have gotten the deal done a year earlier, Ryan, I wonder if they would be in a much better spot. For all I know, we're going to press play on this whole podcast and it will be announced that Apple TV is, you know, decided to pay the NBA 30 billion dollars a year and I I I don't know what they have in store. You see Bob Iger, you see Adam Silver and they're together at the uh at the NBA playoffs. I will say I asked around because I just don't want to get surprised like this. And my sources are are telling me that there's not, it is not a situation where they just need to dot the I's and cross the T's on a deal between uh, the NBA and and a new rights deal. And, I mean, we're we're coming up on years. You would want
1: to know how many homes, you know, ESPN is going to be in when they make this yeah. deal too, because if ESPN goes from seventy million homes to sixty overnight because of this charter stuff, um, which again I think is going to get resolved, basically because um, Malone's other interests. It, it need will it resolved. get resolved
0: five minutes before we're done recording. That is when it will be <laughs> wrapped up. <laughs> By the way, producer Mays, don't even do any good work on the editing. Just throw this thing up. We need to get this thing out fast because anything could happen and it could become irrelevant very soon, as interesting as the topics within it are. But Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I guess I think we've done about all – like the the days basically of non-sports fans making league owners – and league players' salaries skyrocket way above the rate of inflation are over. Mm. And to the extent they're not over, they're about to be. And so it's like, yeah, these, you know, I don't think we're going to see in 10 years, like if, if it's hard to imagine like a Russell Westbrook signing like a five-year, $250 million contract when he did or whatever. Like these players are, have become like the stars have become like a class of oligarchs in a way where it's, you know, we see these contract things and it's like, oh, that's huge. But I don't think we contextualize like that. A lot of these like star NBA players are like making more than fortune 500 CEOs. And It just—it's—it's um, it's been a house of cards for about a decade, but it, it's like you know, kept chugging along. And the musical chairs might be ending right as it's time for NBA to sign their deal. Now That's I'm sure the they're, they're gonna—it's gonna come in with like a lofty number because it's going to get reported over the terms of like eight or 10 years and there's going to be now there's two partners and there's going to be three or four in the next deal and they're going to slice and dice it and like whatever like and also a dollar is worth a lot less than it was in a decade ago when the last deal got signed so just by virtue of like inflation the dollar amount is going to be higher in gross terms, but it's not going to be as like substantial an increase as they were thinking when they were saying that it's going to be a $75 billion deal in their story with CNBC a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't think it helps the leverage right now. I don't think what's happening is helpful to the NBA. Um, or I think the NBA and ESPN are very much tied together, or as they said so eloquently on succession, my dick's in your hand, but your dick's in mine. Um, I. It seems like they need each other. I think if you're the NBA, you need ESPN to give you the reach to popularize something like the midseason tournament. If you're on the cultural fringes and you don't have access to a lot of people to promote what you're doing, that's not going to feel like a thing. That's just going to feel like some weird thing you came up with. It's not going to get traction. So at least right now, they need ESPN to have the reach and to be bigger to help them along. And I I don't know if cashing out to some tech company. I mean, Apple, Apple TV has 15 million subscribers right now. I don't know how many messy will spot them in the end of this, but that is not a lot uh, for the entire country. And for, again, an inventory-based sport, I just think that is, uh could be pennywise pound-foolish to make that your uh, primary destination. I'm looking at Stephen A. Smith, consummate, comp- uh, consummate company man, uh, with this tweet about the whole crisis telling people what to do. I'm not going to read the entirety of it, but I just love the beginning of it. Don't know if y'all heard the news going on in the charter markets with Spectrum, but folks are once again coming <laughs> after the worldwide yeah. leader. Oh, no, not my worldwide leader, Ryan. <laughs> Let's mobilize.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Fight oh for my, ESPN. Like, can, can you believe that Charter <laughs> is trying to say that people who don't watch ESPN shouldn't have to pay for it? Like- <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> oh, not my worldwide leader. I mean, we love Stephen A, but it's it's funny. It almost seems from another time when people had any brand attachment to ESPN as opposed to it just being the place you go to. I mean, there's this whole other conversation. I thought there was an interesting one, uh, on the Lebetard show where Mike Ryan was trying to explain that some of the ways ESPN is diminished game day do matter and do influence his choice as a consumer. A uh, friend of the pod and friend in general, Amin al was arguing that it doesn't matter. They just want the games. They don't give a shit. I was persuaded by the end by what Mike Ryan was arguing that, It does matter. The quality does matter. And it gets back to, it's not just the ideological, it's also the quality and how much they put into it. And I do think that adopting a position of we got to cut costs everywhere and just try to die a little more slowly, it might even accelerate the decline. What say you?
1: Yeah. And, you know, they've made all sorts of decisions over the years, even on their games, that, are like weirdly unmeritocratic. So like I this I know I I could wind up getting like nasty messages over this, but I'm going to be honest mm. and say it. Like so Chris Fowler and Carl Ravitch are the voices of um the the biggest college football game of the week and the ESPN's like marquee weekly MLB national package, which is arguably, at least for regular season, the marquee MLB national package in general. Those two are not in like the top hundred working play-by-play broadcasters. Um, They've been at ESPN for a while. They have like relationships with the people who make these decisions and yeah, they paid their dues, but ESPN let like Adam Amin and Jason Bonetti who are much better play-by-play announcers and m- cost l- less money, just out the door to go work for Fox. And there's just you, that's just like one of a million different decisions where it's like ESPN hasn't totally had their eye on the ball.
0: Yeah, well, can we then transition away from this topic to a related topic, which is... Uh, so many ESPN TV personalities waltzing into the Skip Bayless studio for the new, reimagined, uh, gussied up, uh, undisputed, and this sort of trading places of Shannon Sharp appearing with Stephen A on first take, but this whole new. Uh, <laughs> this whole new one is Michael Irvin, Richard Sherman, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. I think Rachel Nichols
1: popped Rachel up. Rachel Nichols popped up. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think the early returns are not Bafo ratings for Skip Bayless's new program, but I don't know, Ryan, I'm kind of buying. I, I'm sort of, I am I find myself more interested by what's going on there than what's going yeah, on so the, first I day. Mean, there's
1: like a lot of context of like ESPN versus FS1 daytime ratings that maybe like the stories about um, the like, you know, bombing of Skip's first week are a little missing, which is like, so first of all, Skip was off for two months. Like these things are a habit business and- He's off for two and a half months even. So, you know, people who had been used to doing that every day all of a sudden had that habit broken. And I want to see what it's like in a month or two now when it's been back. Um, And then also, you know, ESPN has live sports at night. And FS1, for the most part, does not have nearly the properties that ESPN does. Now, what FS1 has MLB playoffs when they've got World Cup. You see that lift the ratings of, um, you know, undisputed in the herd the next day, but um, you know ESPN's got Djokovic and Coco Gauff playing until midnight the night before. People fall asleep watching the TV or watch it really late. And then they turn the TV off and then in the morning they turn it on and ESPN is already there and they don't change it. And so they have huge advantages there. And then also the lead in for Skip, Craig Carton, that show is not caught on yet with meaningful TV audiences. I saw one day last week, it had like 25,000 viewers. So Stephen A. and First Take are starting from a huge lead over FS1. Um, versus skips, So like comparing those two shows ratings together in a vacuum is a little bit tough. I don't know whether it's going to work with this or not. Um, like it's, it's like a weird set. They're sitting at like a small table and they're like too big for the table. It's like they use the same table for four people that they had for two. And And I like the combustibility, though, because I think that Keyshawn and Irvin really aren't going to like Richard Sherman. And Mm -hmm. the show is that it's most compelling when you actually think that the people yelling at each other cannot stand each other.
0: Yes, I think that's that that's definitely a valuable part of it. Um, Both shows Went all in on Deion Sanders, uh, his big win with Colorado, 20-point underdog. That's That's the thing right now of is coach prime going to save college football? I found, yeah, I found myself more intrigued again by what was going on with FS one because of the Michael Irvin, Dion Sanders connection. That was intriguing to me. Uh, currently, yeah, I
1: mean, they had Dion on, but then McAfee had him on. So yeah, I don't think McAfee's on ESPN yet. I think that starts next week, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a whole another like interesting thing. I'm fascinated to see what his terrestrial ratings are like compared to first take, because well, those are two very different audiences, you would think. In ratings
0: corner, I want to know what Coach Prime is getting uh, on these college football games. I think that's as to what I, I think that's yet to come out. You can almost tell who's a little bit shaky by when they rush out the ratings. And uh, ESPN, for instance, immediately went to the presses with their rating for Florida State versus uh, LSU, and they didn't tell you the average rating; they told you the peak. So they're really <laughs> trying to fluff it up. And I'm, so, I just think that's that's charter. That's Charter influenced right there, that they're rushing out there. You and I were kind of debating it back and forth a little bit of, do we buy this? How real is this? How can you have a good rating when a fifth of the TVs are dark? Uh, But it it is funny sometimes. You can tell who's nervous and who's really trying to advance a narrative based on when they don't wait for the Nielsen number to come out. They're immediately (laughs) rushing to uh, spin you on their number,
1: we're we're entering a weird new world where Nielsen is going to like accept fake. Amazon's word for how many people are watching Amazon, and like ESPN and Fox and CBS and NBC are up in arms over this because they're like, we well, could say a lot of people watch us too. Like the whole yeah. point of Nielsen is that you're supposed to be this neutral third party referee. And like, so it's like a WWE match where, oh, it's actually your partner is the ref. And like, I it, it, I do hope for, we have this uh, ability to have, you know, Nielsen ratings, try like be on a level playing field, if not against the past, then at least against each other in the present, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, this is another unbundling, as it were, uh, which is everybody's just going to make up their own stats. It will be uncritically reported by all these publications where I guess people aren't nerds about it. And the advertisers seem to kind of know what's up, though, and they're unmoved. And, you know, I talked to somebody at a big shop, uh, big advertising shop, big firm, and he was saying, yeah, we didn't raise our rates because they started counting out-of-home viewers and boosting the number artificially by 10%. We knew those numbers didn't go up, so we didn't change what our buys are. Uh, But it just seems like it's very important to these institutions to advertise more success. I don't know if that's Wall Street. I don't know if that's ego. But it's annoying to people like ourselves where I just want to know what's getting traction. I want to know what's hitting. I want to know if people are tuning in to watch Dion's team. And I want to be able to trust the numbers. We're in an era right now where you can't trust it.
1: Yeah, I think the football numbers are going to be enormous this fall relative to what they used to be. Um, And so it's going to, yeah, it's going to, it's really going to be tricky to figure out the context versus the past in a way that we might like to. And because they've been smoothing in this out of home. And I think now it's like based on what we saw in NBA numbers, if you can project that forward, NFL is just going to be like Sasquatch.
0: Well, yeah, I, but we'll see, because maybe a fifth of the ESPN is going to be blacked out. And well, that won't influence CBS. And in, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking. Yeah. Top, of, top. Of my the thing that's complicated, though, it's a bit of a, a tricky little issue. Uh, as I've pointed out, is that some of these streamers aren't showing ads uh, simultaneous with what you're seeing on your cable TV, on your network TV, and therefore it's just the less valuable tranche. You know, the advertisers want a big audience and the money. I, I can't remember the exact lingo for what I'm trying to say, but it doesn't just increase on a linear basis. It starts to really go up the more of an audience you have. And if you start chopping up that audience and you have your cable audience and you have your streamer audience and they're not seeing the same stuff, then it's just, it's less valuable. So we'll, well get the it number.
1: To you, like So that way, like, I mean, you or I would never see like a makeup ad, for example. and.
0: Yeah, I think that's the argument is, look, these Thursday night football games, yeah, we don't get the same viewership that NBC got when they would have a football game, but we know everything you buy and we are inside your head and we'll, you know, target you with the boner pill that we know you want, that you're afraid of, you know, people knowing you want or whatever. Um, I think that's the argument. I don't know. We'll see it all shake out. I'm suspicious. I See a lot of targeted ads for people in my demo, and I just don't find a whole lot of it all that compelling. So maybe Amazon just needs to do more research and figure it out. But I'm not convinced that that's a more valuable way to do it uh than the you know big big audience way to do it. Yeah,
1: because it, it's it like the. The way it was like described to me several years ago is there's only so many ways you can reach 10 or 15 or in the NFL's case, 20 million Americans at yeah. one time. And it's basically the foot, the NFL or the Olympics. And that's it. That's the list. Yeah. Uh and I mean to a lesser extent NBA finals, college football playoff, like Michigan, Ohio State. But Yeah.
0: Nobody talks it, it, about the boner pill ad at the water cooler, but continue.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think people probably do, but it's uh I don't know. I haven't ever really been at an office with a water cooler like culture. Yeah. And the water cooler's I, I, gone. I, off, working in an office was not for me. Um the yeah, it's we're we're. I mean, everything is changing pretty rapidly as we've been talking about for forty five minutes or so. And yeah. the like, the bottom line, as we keep saying, is like, are do these athletes and owners know that their growth is about to stall? Um,
0: they would have to be more afraid of it. They would have to be cognizant of it. I mean, it would be fascinating. I mean, it really only takes a few people to pull a deal to completely change the makeup of everything and create a market correction. Yeah, uh, if
1: if Malone didn't have these other interests that are dependent on the bundle for the next several years, he could really just kill the NBA broadcast deal right now,
0: as we know it. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, 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 my sense of making predictions is that this is the one last big score. The NBA gets its one last big heist before the cops get it. Um, <laughs> and after that, eventually, the the market correction uh, will occur. It, it kind of felt that way a little bit last time too, because the last time they signed a big deal, uh, it was right when the TiVo era was ending, and it was the it was that sort of. That sort of era of big rights fees was that people would watch sports live, but everything else, they would do the pause and they would devo it. And that was kind of an explanation for why the NBA deal was so much more so than previous deals. And then there was a little bit of a correction that followed. And then things started creeping up again. I mean, look, I would like to hear somebody make the argument to us for the perpetuity of sports making more money forever uh, in an environment where young people don't watch it. such an argument could be made. I'm just a little bit skeptical of it.
1: Yeah we gotta run on there because I've got a hard out now to start my work shift but um, it's very interesting and I mean I don't I don't think there's been a story that I've been personally as invested in I'm like trying to find out every morsel as this charter Disney dispute in a Mm. while so hopefully our nerdiness made people who don't like you know aren't thinking about this non-stop hopefully it was interesting to them too
0: well i am not an inventory based proposition over here i need people to sign up uh because it is information and a subject material that they are uniquely interested in so i hope it at least uh tickles that particular Fancy. Here's what we'll do, Ryan. We'll do the cliche that I hear on so many podcasts uh, while I stroke my uh, pretend goatee. It will be interesting to see, Ryan. That's the phrase (laughs) I hear on any smart guy podcast. It will be interesting to see what happens going forward. Yes, it will.
1: Good job by you.
0: Good job by you. But one second, I want to say your reporting on this has been fantastic. Check
1: out what Ryan's doing in the New York Post. Oh, yeah. I, what I did, I broke it down. If this does last, what your options are for OTT bundles on Friday. So go find that.
0: Mm, yeah. Thinking about the common fan, Ryan is.
1: Good job by you. Good job by you.
0: <laughs> See you.